0: Hi, welcome to the latest episode of our myth-busting second season of The Accidental Marketer. Um, I'm Mary Abazia, and with me is Tom Spitalik. Good morning, Tom.
1: Good morning, Mary.
0: And Sean.
1: Hey, Mary. Hey, Tom. Uh,
0: good. Okay, so we're all here. So, it's not morning um, where Sean is today. Yeah, that's true. Good afternoon and good evening to some of you. <laughs> um, so, you know, when we work with clients, uh, pricing is based on cost or it can be based on competition or it can be based on customer value. And, uh, today the myth that we want to bust is the idea that when you price based on customer value, it's, it's just not practical. So Sean, you know, why, why is this? Can you explain this truth and this myth?
1: Sure. Well, let's just look at what each each one, they're fairly self-explanatory, um, Cost-based pricing is understanding what something costs you to make and then put an acceptable markup onto that to come up with a selling price. One of my first ever jobs, we had uh I actually had that job to do. We would we 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 collapsed all of the costs of the business into an hourly production rate and then worked out for each job how many hours of production. We multiplied that by the hourly rate that was fully costed, and then we stuck a mark markup on and we came up with say $22 for the for the price, that's cost-based pricing. You understand the costs, you understand your markup, and you're away to the races. Now, when you get this product at $22 and you take it to the market, and and your your, your customers rather say, the competition offer this same product at $18, that's market led pricing then you're thinking okay now we need to go back and see if we can produce this product at a price that meets meets the the market's or the customer's expectation that leads you into the the area of denominator management you start to look at your cost base and your materials and look for efficiencies and you're trying to reverse into an acceptable price while maintaining your margin so that's market-based pricing and value-based pricing is a totally different beast i'll give you an example i was in new york city having a a day out with a friend several years ago and it started to rain now we were having a good day we wanted to go and do the touristy stuff wanted to go to ellis island and the statue of liberty so we didn't want to abandon our day obvious solution go buy an umbrella now All of the shops, the small shops that sold umbrellas were sold out because some enterprising people had bought all the umbrellas and were hawking them on the street corners, selling these umbrellas for $10 a piece that they'd probably just paid $3 for. Now, was I going to argue about the cost base of that umbrella? or what the market price should be. I was getting wet and they had an umbrella. So $10 represented in my view, fair value, because I could carry on enjoying my, (laughs) my day out. So value pricing is about understanding what a customer perceives as a fair price, given the benefits and outcomes that that product will give them. And the reason I think that is the least popular is because it's the hardest to identify. So we all know our costs and we can all look at competitive pricing, but when it comes to truly understanding the value that your customer would ap- would appreciate, that's a more difficult one. So I think that's why value-based pricing is sometimes perceived as being impractical because of a lack of, of knowledge as to what constitutes value.
2: We are big advocates of it as well, Sean and Mary, right? Because the, the fact is that if, you use cost or market-based pricing, as you just described, Sean, you could be committing the worst sin in business, which is to do all the work that you do and all the blood, sweat, and tears, and then charge a price that's less than what the market will bear. (laughs) Sean, you might have paid $15 for that umbrella.
1: (laughs) Yeah, chances are I probably would have done, right? Yeah, leaving money on the table, the ultimate sin, isn't it?
2: Yeah, so all so so I I wanted to add that in, but you you asked the question why do people find it so hard or impractical, and it's it it it, it really is similar to the challenge that faces marketing overall. People think that marketing is you know ephemeral and, and and artsy, and that there's no science to it, and I think they feel the same way about measuring customer value. They think how do you do that? You know, it's impossible to do, and um. Nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, we do it every day. There are ways to model customer value, ways to, you know, use insight and research to understand how people's minds work. What are are the benefits that they are seeking and maybe even the emotional values they are seeking from your product? And you know there's typically more than one benefit or more value that they're seeking and they have in their mind this rank ordering of things that they want and uh, out of out of a value proposition and you can model those things and then have a sense of how well your proposition fulfills those needs and those values that are being sought and uh and and then kind of comparing how well you do versus competition and 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 set your price based on the true value that you're you're bringing so mary what do you have to add to that why is that so hard why do people um not think that's attainable
0: well i think um because when you think that you're going to, me- it's about, like you said, measuring the, that value and and then determining the right price. They're two separate things. You know, you want to measure value and then you have all the information to then determine what are the pricing options that I have. And w- what I find a lot of times is that if people just think they can ask straight out, you know, would you pay $10 for that umbrella or $30 for that umbrella, um, people lie. They overstate um, so you can't take those questions at face value, especially related to pricing. So knowing that if you are asking it, that um, there needs to be adjustments to it to really determine first what that true value is, and then there are a lot of techniques that, like you said, you can get to the core of what that value is and what and get feedback on on the right price. But it's through techniques like conjoint analysis, um, and and there's several others, but I think that. Um, Though You have to rely on some really good um, techniques to be able to ask the right questions, and then you know what your pricing options are. And it's funny because knowing that value and then making that pricing decision are, are two different things, especially in companies. Sean, do you want to add yeah, to I that? I just think
1: what we've been saying is it, it boils down to having a clear understanding of, of what value a customer would place on something, right? And the way we do that, and a lot of our work before we get to pricing is understanding uh, our ability to compete. And that really is a way of describing how valuable a a customer sees your offer versus a competitor by actually breaking down some of those particular benefits or outcomes that they're looking for. And, And I guess that's the key, isn't it? Because if you've got a way to measure value that makes it suddenly very accessible. Now, it's not to say that it's going to be accurate, but then again, neither is a costing model. There's a lot of interpretation on how you do any activity-based costing. Even market pricing is not 100% accurate because you've got all sorts of hidden pricing elements with discounts and volume rebates and so forth. So there's no perfect measure, but if people start to see that this measure of value is attainable and at least is a relative measure compared to their competitors, then they should be able to to price accordingly. And of course, the other aspect today is, is experimentation. Right? For a lot of businesses, you are able to trial a certain price, particularly with a new product or maybe a new offering or enhanced offering. Maybe you can actually, rather than trying to second guess how it will be received, you can you can get first hand data and see how how sales are. And I think experimentation is always going to be preferable to to modeling not always available but you know these days it's easier i think to do that sort of thing
0: yeah, and that that's that that experimentation can be in the terms of pilots or in um, you can do actually simulated markets depending on what type of a product that mm-hmm. you have, or you know if it's something that is more um, like a service that you can send out, you know different like you said trials to different sets of customers and see how they perceive value and price. So you're absolutely right, um, Tom. What do you what are your thoughts on on this well, now I think this myth?
2: The thing that is easy to conclude from the conversation we're having this morning is that we think that cost-based and competitive-based pricing has no place in the entire pricing realm, that it should all be about customer value. But we believe that all three are important. Um, you Certainly, absolutely have to understand what your cost is. If you had the unfortunate situation where the value customers ascribe to your your value proposition is less than your cost, you have bigger problems than just pricing. But still, it's it's important to 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 know your cost. It's also important to know what your competitors' pricing is. Regardless, it 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 really takes on a whole new level though it, when most people use this competitor market based pricing that's the only thing they 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 take into consideration and they mark their price up or down accordingly mm-hmm. to how how well they think they compete against the competition with customer value based pricing you understand the value you're delivering in your marketplace you but you also understand what your competitors are doing and and how customers feel about their value proposition so it's an important juxtaposition if you will to know that so that y- you can take that into consideration as well so what we're really saying is all three are important but most companies just stay away from the third and most val- uh, important piece which is customer value piece because it's practical and in their minds and we're saying no it is very practical i think that's the key tom yeah Sorry, i want to
0: add you go ahead yeah Oh yeah, okay. And then I want to. Um, what I think Tom, you're you're hitting on is is all three are important. But I think what is even an important add to that is the sequence in which they're done. If you start with the value based, even if it's it's messy and it's not completely right, but as as Sean said, you have assumptions and you at least start to build that in and say that's number one. Then you check it against what the cus- the competitors are charging, and if you're under on that, you have to somehow make sure that, um, you know, either you're you have a justification. That's why the ability to win or ability to compete can show you are you adding more value than the competitors. It's not just price, but the value relative. And then, by the way, um, <laughs> can I actually afford to 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 sell this at, based on cost? So if it's va- if it's the value competitor market, and then the cost, I think then that formula is the right way to think about it. The sequence, Sean, go no, ahead. I'm I, sorry. I'm
1: pretty much going to say the same as, as you. That, that I like this idea. Tom was developing this like three legs of the milking stool. You know, you need all three to have a have something you can sit on, but. It's about where you start. It's like a simultaneous equation because you're right. The cost base says, can we actually afford to make this? Do we have the scale economies and the production capacity to manufacture within um, the the efficiency that 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 is currently out in the market? So that's a, that's a sort of go no go check almost. The the market pricing is going to give you a really good idea of 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 what price is attached to the value that is currently being delivered because. As much as my example of needing an umbrella in the rain is is very unusual and specific, generally speaking, people have got an equivalence in their mind that says, for a car of this type, I would pay this much money. For a vacation to this destination, I would pay this much money. So there's already a perception, a sort of window of value, which you're going to have to sit somewhere in between. So that's instructive as well. And then when you understand the specific value for your product – It doesn't just answer the question, what price should we charge? It becomes a more strategic question, which is, what do we have to build into our offer to justify that price? And that's sometimes forgotten. We're always on the back foot, to use a cricketing analogy, which will be lost on you guys, I'm certain. But anyway, we can be on the back foot and say, we're always on the defensive here, when really... That three-legged stool of pricing, cost, market, and value can also be a spur to say, right now, how do we develop our offering in a way that justifies the price? Start doing some of that numerator management and looking at the looking at the the price you can charge in the market or the volume of sales you can achieve.
2: John, even if Mary and I don't mm-hmm. understand the cricket um, reference, we have a very international audience, so it might be lost on us. But I think most of our audience can. Can relate to that, so thanks for bringing the international flavor <laughs> to our pricing.
1: Discussion. Well, I didn't, I didn't want to put you on a sticky wicket, Tom. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> Some things you can
2: just infer what
1: they mean.
0: So, I, I have a question okay. for you, Tom. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, we hear about discounts and allowances, and um, I'm curious, you know, what what do you see as the role of these when you have value based pricing?
2: One of the things that people ask us is once you've set a value-based price point so to speak how do i know how to vary off of that i mean uh, many of our clients are in the b2b space where it's not just a single price that you put on your website for an item and it doesn't vary we're talking about negotiated deals where uh multiple maybe services you know added into and around where the customer is you know negotiating very very hard et etc cetera, et cetera. what we love about the whole customer value based uh, pricing strategies that allows you to set an original point like a a a a a, um, a line in the sand if you will That says, generally speaking, this is what our price should be based on all the factors that the three of us have been discussing here. And then we start to talk about how you and when you might not budge off of that particular price point and when you might come off of it with discounted allowances. And it's really related to understanding what your ideal customer looks like, acts like, talks like. Because... Generally speaking, when it comes to discounts and allowances, they're applied in a non-disciplined fashion based on how loud or how hard the customer fights for these discounts and allowances. Or frankly, how effective the salesperson is in internally convincing the company that they absolutely need to discount to um, get this deal done. What we advocate is really understanding what are the qualities of a best customer, what are the qualities of maybe a new customer that looks like these best customers where you might be a little bit more aggressive, and what are the qualities of a customer that don't look like what's going to be a great customer where you should maybe have a little bit more discipline and hold the line on your original pricing. So it then becomes more of a, uh, you know, if you will, a one-to-one marketing game where you, you, you really need to understand what, um, what situations you should, should or shouldn't give in.
0: Hmm. Uh, Sean, anything uh, to add before we, uh, we, we leave I, this? Not
1: really closing thoughts. I thought of something else, but it will probably kick us into another podcast. But it's this whole, when you talk about discounts, this whole idea of dynamic pricing you know of, of the airlines have done for years and hotels have done for years when they they base the uh the pricing not only on the value they offer generally but on the specific value based on the supply and demand thing so there's another dimension to this as well but i think it's too big a topic to get into i think i'd summarize and say there's three parts to pricing they're all equally as important they all inform each other um ultimately The quest to understand the value that your customer places on something and the way to enhance that value is the best way to achieve the sort of pricing aspirations that any business would have. So It's an important part of the mix.
0: Okay. Well, um, thank you very much. Um, we, we enjoy um, digging into each of these topics. Thank you. We have had people um, already tell us topics that we should include. So uh, let us know if you have something specific that you would like for us to address. And you can always find all of our podcasts on the iTunes page and you can give us ratings. Um, And the Accidental Marketer, our website, you can go on there and also leave us comments and and find our podcast. So thank you very much.